Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode four of Licensed to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiko Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J, and with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today, bud? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I find that my voice is unusually high today. Like, my pitch is just really, really high um, I'm not yeah. really sure why that's happening. Well, that probably maybe, explains uh, why. Yeah, maybe maybe Mark will be able to bring it down in the mix. Yeah, that probably explains why you sound sound the way you do in the final recording. Yeah, you know it, it's hard to balance those out when they're mm-hmm. not sort of at their natural level. So if he's bringing you down, maybe I might get caught in the uh, sort of caught in the. <laughs> <after effects laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure. Well, Mark's really good program. at his job. I'm sure it'll be fine. Anyway. Uh, I am very excited today, Dave, because we are going to be watching episode four of Car Ranger. It's called A Red Light to Enlarging. And if there's one thing that we love in this show, it's when small stuff gets big. Uh, it's always good. And we haven't seen it yet in this show at all. Yeah. Which is a little weird, right? It, uh, Yeah, and actually it is a little bit weird. This is episode four. Um, it's pretty... I already watched the episode. Did you watch this one already? Oh, yeah. I already watched okay, it. Okay. Yeah. This episode is buck wild. I'm really excited to talk about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, oh, this episode, by the way, uh, written by uh, Yoshio Urasawa, the same dude who has written, I think, all of the episodes so far. I think so. Yeah. And just because I happen to still have it pulled up, uh, the original air date of this episode was March 22nd, 1996. Okie doke. Good to but, know. Before we talk about the episode anymore, of course, as always, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to hear what the first star of the week is? I would love to hear what the first star of the week is. What's the Dave, first star of the week, Matt? Dave, the first star of the week is that uh, we just played a, a small a small prank on our listeners. I'm sorry, listeners. It's not Pranked. Dave's, it's, it's not Dave's voice that is weird. It is my voice. My voice is very low this week. Uh, I am having a low voice week. I don't know if that ever happens to you, Dave. Uh, yeah, it does. It's it's like being sick, except that the only symptom is that your voice just gets very weird for a week. Yeah, it's always... It's weird. Uh, it doesn't, like, bother me necessarily because... You don't feel bad. You're just... Right. It's not really attached to much of, like, a sore throat. It just yeah, means just that, like, I can't sing reason. this week. I can try to sing this week. I've been trying. Because when the voice is low like this, you think, like, oh, well, I can do two things. I can sound like Tony the Tiger. Mm-hmm. And I can also, like, sing bass parts that I could not normally do. But unfortunately, like, the voice is low like this because it is being ravaged by some illness. It's not low because it just decided to drop an octave. And so the the aforementioned voice ravaging means that singing means I get, like, two notes into something. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm finally going to be able to sing this weird bass part. 
and then my voice cracks like a 14-year-old, but mm-hmm. like a 14-year-old, like, I don't know, like a 14-year-old giant. Like, the voice is very low, but when it cracks, it still, like, is very bad. <laughs> uh, I wish I had more to say about it. Listeners, I, ho- I hope you are enjoying it okay. Uh, there's, there is nothing that I can do about it. Well, uh, man, I'll tell you, listen, I, uh, I'll i venture an opinion. I'm getting that sweet audio piped directly into my ears because I'm wearing our recording earphones. And uh, you sound good, bud. You're fine. Oh, all right. And that not only is that good, Dave, it's great. <laughs> it's a callback to the Tony the Tiger bit. Dave, yeah, what no, no, is no, our, one you did. What is our like second star of the week? Yeah, I feel like you should have left more space. Between the Tony the Tiger and the callback, um, if you could get in another It's Great in maybe like half an hour, does, that I does, think that'll really be right does, in the pocket. Does Tony the Tiger have any other catchphrases that I could swing in? I don't... I know. I don't think so. It's mostly about 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 sports, uh, which like... Which is like a weird... For Frosted Flakes is a weird... Like, if you're interested in, like, athletics and you're just like, I'm going to be my best at, like, cornflakes or frosted flakes are, like, not an ideal part of your diet, I would say. Dave, I I mean, I I hate to argue with you on this, but I'm pretty sure that cornflakes are part of a balanced breakfast. Yeah. I, I mean, think that's not, one of those phrases they are not like themselves farm fresh. A balanced breakfast. Yeah, no, I love marketing phrases like that, like part of a balanced breakfast or farm fresh, like phrases that are in no way regulated at all. Mm-hmm. And so you could just say them. You can just say them. Uh, and I get a kick out of that. That's very funny to me. Uh, Dave, you know what I get a kick out of? The second you? star of the week. Oh, man, drop the ball. Second star of the week is a baby watch. We interrupt your regular broadcast of the Super Sentai Brothers to bring you a breaking news update. Baby watch. Anyways, um... I will never get tired of that stinger, Matt. I sometimes go back and listen to our episode just so I can listen to that stinger because it makes me laugh every time. It's uh, very so, anyways, delightful. so the twins have gotten to a point, and I did not. I guess I knew that this was coming in some way, but I was I was still not expecting it, and I was still tickled by it. Where if Beth or I exhibit a behavior that the twins do not like and that normally we correct in them, uh-huh. they have started... Okay, so like here's an example. The other day, Beth, being home alone, this was like a week or two ago, she was home alone with the kids. Uh, they were being very trying because they're two, and that's what they do. That's what and, I understand about two-year-olds. Yeah, they're terrible. Right. I mean, they are not terrible. The twos are terrible. They the are twos the are terrible twos. on them. It's like a terrible mask that they wear. Um, yeah, that's real. And so Beth was like kind of upset, and she was getting like a little like oh, you know. And uh, Sugar Bean turned to her and said, "Mama, walk away. 
deep breath. Like, take break. Like, she told Beth to go take a break and to take a deep breath. And uh, yesterday, <laughs> I was giving the twins a bath. And I was like, all right, guys, you know, are you ready to be done? And uh, Buddy Bear is like, no, no done. And I said, okay. Well, and then I gave it a second. I was like, no, let's be done. Because, like, I was bored. Sure. I was like, no, let's be done. And he held up one. He held up his hand. He held up one finger, and said, "Patient." <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, like I couldn't even argue with her. I was like, "Well, all right, I guess so. I guess I just have to be patient while this two-year-old finishes his bath." Man, um, I, I feel like that's the sort of thing that there's there's a narrow window on, right? Like, if you are mad at a two-year-old and they say, "Hey, take a deep breath and walk away," that is both like heartwarming and like very cool if you are mad at a 10 year old and they're like hey buddy boy like i'm gonna need you to stop being mad at me for like breaking that vase you need to take a deep breath oh and yeah walk that away. 10 year old that 10 year old would cease to exist on this yeah. on this mortal plane is what <laughs> that... for a two-year-old that's delightful Right, because like a ten, like a two year old just recognizes the behavior, and they're like, "Oh, this! If you're upset, this is what happens." Like they're still not, they're still sussing out like who you can tell to do what. Um, but for now, it's okay. We'll work on it later. And what, Matt, is our third star of the week? Dave, our third star of the week is hot tea with honey and lemon. Uh. I tell you what, folks, when you when you're having a deep voice week, all all you think about is your deep voice week. There's not a whole lot else going on right now. So I want to talk to you about the joys of hot tea with honey and lemon. Dude, and I love tea. Me too. And I never have and I also love tea with honey and lemon. Like it's not yeah. one of those things that I resent the flavor of it because I only drink it when I'm sick. But right, right, right. Yeah, you love it because you're not a monster. Right, but I do only drink it with honey and lemon when I'm sick. Yeah, which man, is a weird thing. I don't know why. It's because we're American. I think oh, if you're British, you just do that all the time. Do British drink their tea with honey and lemon all the time? I don't know if they drink it with lemon all the time or with honey all the time. I think lemon is like a pretty regular addition. I think you are right about that. But it's the honey, I think, that really puts it over into like, this is sick person tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and man, it, it's one of those things that feels cliche. Like, oh man, I woke up and like, if you think that my voice is like unusual right now, you should have heard me uh, like 45 minutes ago when I was getting out of bed and just trying to like get the voice revved up in the morning. Uh, it was, I, I, sh I honestly should have recorded it. Um, but mm, I'm going to go ahead and say that it's fine that you didn't. Although now how much of that matters because you are, are sick and how much of that is because like you are just a human male of an age where like, I think if you're just a dude, there comes an age where like you just wake up in the morning and you just have to, regardless of like anything else about your life, you just have to go like, her, <laughs> like you just got to get the engine started. Oh, there's there there is definitely that. Um, today was a little special, but there is always a bit of that. Yeah, uh, and I say it's always there. I'm just asking, you know. So like every day, I start my day with a cup of tea 
But today I started with a cup of tea with honey and lemon, you know, like you gotta, right. you gotta take a little special, special attention. Um, yeah, man, I, I didn't have a whole lot to say about this tea with honey and lemon situation, except that it had been so long since I'd done it that all of the honey in my honey bear had crystallized. So I had to like run it under like boiling water for a few minutes to get it loose enough to like pop a chunk out so I could mix it into my tea. Like it was a honey sugar cube. Mm. Yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with that. It, it did say on the side of that honey bear that it was best used by sometime in 2015, but it's honey. Honey's fine. Oh yeah. There's actually, I was just reading an article uh, the other day talking about like the weird, like the weird it, immortal nature of honey, like how honey just never goes bad. Yeah, basically, like honey can become like inconvenient to use and needs to be reconstituted. But like honey, like honey is going to be fine. Honey's okay. Yeah, they recovered. No joke. They recovered some uh, honey from like King Tut's tomb or something, and it was still like it was fine. Like it was still edible. I don't Man, know if they ate it. Listen, they should have. They should or maybe not. not. They not I don't know. Have. That's either a superpowers or curse situation, and I really feel like it could have swung either way. I mean, it's got to be a curse situation, right? Like, the mummy's curse is a thing. Yeah, it is, but maybe the honey is like, you know, it's just like, you've been poisoned, and the antidote is one of these ancient artifacts, and it was the honey, and they just missed it. Man, you know, here's something I was thinking of. You know how, like... White people were obsessed with Egypt in, like, the teens and 20s. I mean, a lot of people are have been obsessed with Egypt over the years, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. but, like, specifically. like Yeah, you know. no, in, a, like, a weird way. In like, a, let's grind up some mummies and eat them. That'll cure our disease. Well, okay, I wasn't going to talk about, like, people who went that far. But it's sort of, like, a, a general sort of cultural fascination with mm -hmm, yeah. it. Uh, and, like, obsession with it and also, like, using it in weird ways without fully understanding it. And, yeah, then, I was, like... and then I was thinking about, like, 90s mall culture and how it was basically the same as that with, like, like people being obsessed with Japan. Oh, yeah. And how, yeah, like, for sure. like, 1920s, like, amateur Egypt Egyptologists were just, like, oldie-time Egypt weebs. <laughs> I had not ever thought about it like that, but you're 100% correct. Uh, I also, Matt, happened across the phrase Westaboo the other day because I was reading about uh, I was reading about My Hero Academia because mm -hmm. All Might is a big Westaboo, and a Westaboo is is like a Japanese weeb for America, uh, okay. and I love that that exists. That is delightful. Uh, Dave, you know what else I hope it will be delightful? Hearing about our fourth star of the week. So our fourth star of the week, Matt, this is my life now. You know what my fourth star of the week is? I don't is know, that man. someone is going to come watch my children for like two hours this afternoon. Oh, it sounds And Beth great. and I are going to go have a cup of coffee. Like by ourselves. Sounds That's lovely. my star. That's the whole... Matt, that's the whole thing. That's the entire star. Someone is going to come watch my... I think actually we're going to drop them off. We actually we have these very nice neighbors, and they are also... They're super nice. They're like around our age. They have a few kids that are, are older, um, but they are also foster parents. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they so they have like two very young foster... They have two young foster kids that are like right around the twins' age, 
and uh, the twins love her. Um, I'm not going to use her real name. Let's call her Susan. The twins love Susan. They think she's a hoot. So um, we're going to like trade off. Like we're going to, she's going to watch our kids this afternoon. And then Beth is going to watch her fosters uh, sometime later this week. So she and her husband can presumably like go have a cup of coffee or something. Um, That sounds extremely nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking for it. Dude, I love these kids so much. Of course. Like, I don't even know how to talk about how much I love these two two little goofballs. But I also want, like, here's what I figured out. I don't want them to go away. Because if they went away, they would just be, I would just be worried about them. Right? What right. I want is, like, like, a stasis field. Where I can just sort of, like, put them in the stasis pod. And, like, time freezes for them. For, like... Like a, like three days or something. That's what I really need. You you want a pause button? I think, yeah, I just Dave, want like I, a pause button. I I think this is the plot of the Adam Sandler movie Click. I'm not sure because I never saw Click, but it seems like it might be the plot of Click. You know, I think it might be. I think the plot of Click is maybe that he like fast forwards through a bunch of stuff he doesn't like, and then he's like an old man. Uh, and then he's like, "Oh, I've made a terrible mistake, and I missed my life." And then he like goes back to the beginning. Oh, What's really that funny a, about uh, that—that's like a O. Henry story or something, right? With this, no, like, a ball you're with thinking a about the one thread. with like the golden ball, right? Yeah, like the golden ball with the string. It's like a Russian folktale where this kid has like a ball with golden string, and he can pull on the string and fast forward his life, and then he gets it's click. It's just click. Um, nothing is new under the sun, Matt. People haven't created anything new in like five thousand years. Um, we're all just reiterating the stories of the past. You know, you what say is... that, but wait till we get to episode four of Car Ranger, because I've never <laughs> seen something like this before. <laughs> what, Matt, is our fifth star of the week? Man, I want to talk to you for a minute about throat lozenges. Dude, I love throat lozenges. They're uh, like candy I, that you can feel okay about. What I've realized right now, Dave, is that our five stars of the week are, I've got a bad voice and you have kids. That's our life, Matt. Listen. This is what we bring to the podcast world. We bring a a delightfully charming and folksy look into the lives of two average Joes. Yeah, man. Okay. Okay. Let's let me let me refresh on this. Dave, I am thrilled to talk to you about throat lozenges. I love throat lozenges. They're like candy that you can feel okay about eating. Exactly. I mean, okay, there are two kinds of throat lozenges, right? There mm-hmm. are the kind that, like, are supposed to make your throat kind of numb, but what they actually do is kind of make your tongue kind of numb. Oh, yeah, because, those suck and are the worst. Because, okay, here's the thing about those. The idea is that whatever is the active agent in that, as you swallow the sort of it bit by bit as it, like, dissolves in your mouth... It coats your throat and your throat gets a little numb. But the thing is that while it is doing that, it is sitting directly on your tongue. Because yeah, I, have I, never, always... I have never known a person to have the capacity to store hard candy in their throat for long periods of time with no ill effect. I always wonder if I am somehow like, I don't know, just eating them wrong or something. It has always seemed like there should have been a better option for those. But then like, the- oh, if you can just tuck it in the back of your cheeks or, or something, I don't know. 
Yeah, it, you, you, you talk, like squirreling it? Yeah, so, like there should be some way to consume it that it'll actually, that it'll work. Well, you're right. There should be some way. But to my knowledge, there is not. So instead, I usually opt for the other kind of throat lozenge, which tastes exactly like delicious candy and might help somehow. Oh, Ludens. You're talking about Ludens, right? Well, I'm actually talking about Ricola because that's what I've got in the house right now. I Okay, I was actually... I'm glad to hear you say that. I was actually just about to talk about Ricola because I love them. Oh, Ricola is great. I I, actively enjoy... I don't want to get too far away without saying I have a lot of fondness for a Ludens throat drop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Like, no doubt. Um, I love Ricola. This should be no surprise to anyone who knows me because Ricola cough drops... Like, they're just, like, super herbaceous because they're like, oh, they've got all these, like, old-timey herbs in them. So they basically just taste like old-timey candy. And those are my favorite candies. Like, this is no... Right. We've talked about this before. I don't need to belabor this point. But, yeah, I I do. I love Auricola. Do you like... Speaking of old-timey candies that a lot of people don't like, do you like... uh, Let me just say yes. I'll just say yes. Now you tell me what you're talking about. Horsehead? Yeah. Horsehound? Horsehound. Yeah, horsehound candy. It's sort of like root beery flavored. Yeah, they're delicious. Ah, uh, man, I've I've had some bad horsehound candy. Uh, sometimes I've had them when it is good, but I feel like on the balance, they're like overly bitter. But yeah, Ricola is like, you know how there are some like alcoholic beverages that were originally sold as medicine and then have since like they are no longer sold as medicine, but you can still get them. Yeah. You know, like, if, if it's something that monks have been making for 300 years, at one point it was medicine. Right, yeah, like, like I, chartreuse or something. Right, like, I drink Fernet for fun, but, like, it was not designed for fun. It was designed, like, for health benefits. I feel like Ricola is like that, except it's still holding on to its, like, kind of medicine-y uh, identity. Like, okay, it's just but not here's the thing. Ricola actually is semi, and maybe it's just like, hey, it's just nice to have like a little hard candy thing that you suck on and it helps your throat. But like, I feel like Ricola are fairly effective. Yeah, I mean, listen, maybe Fernet's effective too, but it's 10 after 10 uh, in the morning. And so I'm not about to go take myself a shot. Uh, so I got my Ricola to keep me company. And that's nice. Uh, you know what else is nice, Dave? Episode 4 of Gekiko Sentai Car Ranger. As aforementioned, it is called A Red Light to Enlarging. It is written by Yoshio Urasawa. Uh, you can watch it on the DVDs. You can watch it on ShoutFactory.tv. Uh, it's going to be a lovely time. And we will come back and talk about it right after this. All right. Welcome back. Uh, man... <laughs> Car Ranger. Yeah, like we said, we did already watch this episode. Um, it's it's pretty wild. Um, although I tell you what, it it continues my uh growing appreciation for the Car Rangers boss. Yeah, I feel like the yeah, car, yeah, yeah. the Car Rangers have two bosses. They've got Dapu and they've got the president of Pegasus Motors. Uh, and one of, of those sucks, and one of them is great. Yeah. So we start the episode off on uh, what's the planet Bozok? What's it called uh, again? Barbarian. 
Butterbarian, that's right. So we start off on Butterbarian, and um, we just get Zanat, and she is looking at Earth, and Girl wants those fireworks. She's thirsty for those explosions. Super, super thirsty. Um, I don't know. Did you notice uh, the TV in the background of the BB Saloon, Matt? Did you notice it? Uh, you know, I did not in this episode, but I remember in the first episode, I saw there was a TV that was just a close-up on, like, a, a woman's mouth with lipstick. Yep. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, it's, well, they haven't changed the channel. <laughs> I mean, why would they? It's a classic Why program. would they? So, Man, um, okay, I got a question for everyone who has seen Power Rangers Turbo. Is Turbo horny? Because Car Ranger is horny, and I Car- okay. can't get around it. Oh, actually, Matt, speaking, I have a weird factoid. Okay. So I like to, you know, like when we're doing these shows, I like to find out, like, what's up with, like, what's up with the people? Have they been in any other Sentai series? Have they done, oh, yeah. have they done anything else? And the answer like, is whatever. usually, yes, they've probably been in at least one other Sentai, and no, they've never done anything else. Yeah, there's like a weird, there is a weird curse or something about that, where like, if you do Sentai, you're sort of like, you don't seem to really do much of anything else, which is wild. Um, I mean, honestly, and, you know, like just even like Power Rangers was kind of that way until kind of fairly recently. Like there are now actors who have been Power Rangers who have also done other things. But oh, really? For a really long time. Like if you were in Power Rangers, that's probably all you ever did. Yeah. Well, um, I it just it's such a I don't know. It's easy to be typecast. And then there's such like sort of singular roles. Anyways, that's oh, this, none of this is the point. Like, a couple of the uh, Power Rangers have ended up in Marvel shows. No kidding. Yeah, like uh, the Red Ranger from I think RPM is the uh, the neighbor in Jessica Jones. Oh. Uh, one of the Russian brothers from the first season of Daredevil is another Power Ranger. Like they're scattered around. Oh, well, that's fun, um, dude. I am so behind on all that stuff. I'd love to watch it. Anyways, oh, yeah, none of too. this is the point. The point is, is that the lady who plays Zanet, I can't remember her name, uh, is an exception to that. Oh, okay. Because yeah, she has done some other stuff. She did some entertainment of a decidedly more uh, adult nature. Oh, oh my. Yeah, and here is on her IMDb page, uh, she did it before she was on Car Ranger. Really? Yeah. That had to be an interesting casting process. It, I think it probably did. So... There's a, like, I don't know, like, I feel like in some way that, that goes some way to, like, explaining this. Um, okay, so at least we can confirm that, like, she is not accidentally, like, the show is not accidentally horny. The show went out of its way to be extra yeah, the show horny went this out year. Of, it, is, it is purposefully mad horny. <laughs> now, I know that in Turbo, the main villain is not President Gynamo. The, pre- the main villain is a woman named Divatox who actually, on the scale of, like, one to horny in Power Rangers villains, is probably near the top of that scale. Oh, really? But she's, okay. But she is not, like, not dressed like Zanette. Uh She is, you know, just a little... She's definitely, like... It's definitely more than Rita, uh, but less than Zanette. But probably closer to Zanette than Rita. All right, um, I'm looking up some pictures. Yeah, she's definitely, like... She's closer to the Zanette scale. It's like they were watching Car Ranger, like, okay, well, we can't do that, but what if we did it a little bit? What if we did it 
a little bit. Um, um, also, what's weird about uh, the transition from uh, Car Ranger to Power Rangers Turbo is that when uh, President Gynamo and Zelmoda were like translated into Power Rangers, they actually got like different face sculpts. So like the no body kidding. was the same, but the face because like like uh, President Gynamo and Deputy Leader Zelmoda have like genuinely creepy faces. Yeah, they're weird. And so if you look up pictures of characters named Rygog and Elgar, like they look mostly like Zelmoda and um, Gynamo, but like they're a lot more like corny. Oh yeah, they've wow, got like they dumb smiles totally and like it's very like like you wouldn't even notice it immediately if you weren't looking if you weren't looking for it. But apparently, there were times in Power Rangers when they would cut to an action shot, and instead of having the goofy Power Rangers version of um, Elgar, they would have the Car Ranger version of Zelmoda. It's like, hey, whoa, wait, what just happened? This guy is a real creep show all of a sudden. Yeah, although it seems like Inventor Grotch hasn't changed, which is weird because he's also super creepy. Uh, anyways, so that's all like, yeah, so that's just like a weird little blurb um, about that. So back to the actual episode. Oh, yeah. So she wants um, the Earth to blow up and she wants it soon. She's talking to Gynamo, and as soon as she starts talking about how she's, like, kind of getting impatient for the world to explode, she turns around, and Gynamo, who had just been standing right over her shoulder and asking what she wanted, is now pretending to be asleep and not have hurt her. Yeah, uh, she does not buy it, so she, she breaks a bottle over his head, and uh, everybody thinks that that is super funny, which, like... Dude, you've got to have like a real lack of self-control about that because I'm pretty sure the last person who laughed at President Gynamo got vaporized. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they do hang out in a bar 100% of the time, so it is possible that like their natural inhibitions are slightly lowered. Yeah, um so Inventor Grotch is he is part of the cackling. I also I really assumed that this dude would be doing a lot more inventing. Uh, yeah, so far that has not been the case. Yeah, and so he's just like, man, like, I'm hungry. I'm going to dip to Earth and get some of this, like, delicious Earth food. Well, I mean, he also, like, the reason I think he was fleeing, once he gets to Earth, he's interested in trying out the local cuisine. He goes to Earth, I think his President Gynamo is going to kill him for laughing at him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually does make a lot more sense. So, Grant shows up on Earth, and he's just sort of, like, wandering around, and he sees Ichitaru, who is, uh, from the last episode, who is the president's son. The company president, not the, the president, president of Japan. Yeah, not, I feel right. like and I, I feel like we need to occasionally remind people what we are talking about. Yeah, uh, well, it's I think it's easy because... Uh, I think Japan is a prime minister, not a president. Well, there you go. There you go. So anyways, um, he asked this kid about delicious food. And Ichitaru is like, he just sort of stares at him for a second. does not flip out, which I forgot that this was. Or like, I didn't realize at first that this was Ichitaru who had already run into some monsters. And I was like, this kid is remarkably calm. Yeah, I did not realize it until a minute later when his mom shows up. Yeah. So he he starts crying. Ichitaru, he, like, stops, looks at him, is fine, and then starts, like, fake crying. 
And then Grotch is like, oh, no, 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 stop crying. Which, like, Grotch, you're a horrible monster who's trying to destroy the Earth. Why do you why do you care? I, I think um, he says that he doesn't want people to think that he made the child cry. And I, I there is part of me that wonders, like, okay, like, Grotch is a horrible monster from space. But Grotch is a guy who is used to, like, traveling through the galaxy and running into, like, other people who are also... Like, all looking different. So, like, does Grotch think that he looks like a horrible monster? Or does Grotch just think that everybody looks different and this kid is another thing that looks different from him? Yeah, maybe. I mean, that would make sense, I guess. Right, because it's not like all, like, everyone on Barbarian looks like Grotch. Right, yeah, they all look... I am trying to figure out if... Because they're like a tribe... Or something, and so I am wondering if they are are all in fact from different different alien races. Okay, so you think we're talking about like a legion of superheroes situation here? Yeah, like a legion of irresponsible drivers. Maybe that's what they should have called it. That see, that actually would have been yeah, that would have been a much better name. Um, okay. okay so, anyways, so, yeah. Um, what, what's the name again? Ichitaru. Yeah, Ichitaru. So Ichitaru is crying. Grotch is trying to get him to stop. He doesn't want people to think that he's the one who made Ichitaru cry. Ichitaru says, well, you are. You are the one who made me cry. Like, yeah, like, that was definitely you. <laughs> like I was just chilling out. So then he stops, hits Grotch with a stick, laughs at him, and runs away. Like, Ichitaru does not care about these monsters. Yeah, um, Ichitaru, if he continues on in this vein, Ichitaru is quickly going to become one of my favorite characters in this show. So, Grotch is like, oh, hold up a second. No, 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 no. And then he uses his, like, his crazy alien magic to just, like, uh, like, he, he, like, trips Ichitaru, basically. Yeah, it's weird, though, because he's not next to Ichitaru when he does it. Like, he just makes Ichitaru fall over. But it doesn't... The way that it's shot doesn't make it look like he knocks Ichitaru over. It makes it look like he stares at Ichitaro and Ichitaro collapses on the ground, which is like way weirder and a, more creepy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he goes over and he grabs him. He's like, hey, uh, I came all this way. Stop being a jerk. Tell me what food is good around here. I am hungry. Yeah, so Ichichiro's like, oh, um, well, okay. He's like... Let me tell you about every good food. Let me tell you about every good food. There are four of them. There's takoyaki. Yes. Which uh, I happen to know are like like octopus. It's like a it's like a batter with octopus in it, and you sort of fry it into a ball. Uh, it's kind of cool how they do it. According yeah. to Wikipedia, it is a ball-shaped Japanese snack made of wheat flour... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, wheat butter and cooked in a special molded pan. Yeah, that's what I said. I just uh, fried had, chicken. Listen, I already had the I already had the Wikipedia page open. Right, uh, fried chicken. It inari inari sushi, uh, which I'm not sure what that is. And uh, it is a it is a kind of sushi or rice ball. Sushi rice is stuffed in seasoned aburaje tofu pouches. Uh, it is technically sushi, but it is not something you order at sushi restaurants. Okie doke. Would you like to hear what the last thing is? Yeah, of course, obviously. 
Uh, so the last thing is imoyoken, and yoken is a thick jellied Japanese dessert made of red bean paste, agar, and sugar. Um, <laughs> anyway, so what is great about this is that Grotch rolls up. He's like, hey, tell me about all the good earth food. But Ichitaro is a kid, so he's like, well, here's these three kinds of like fried street food and a dessert. And that's it. Those are, the, like, those are the good foods on Earth. Yeah. So he's like, all right, well. Oh, and as, as Ichitaro is telling him these foods, Grotch is punching them into a calculator. I don't know how yeah. his calculator can accept like the concept of a recipe, but it can. He is an inventor. Yeah, I'm not totally. Yeah, so anyways, it works. So he uh, he punches those things into his calculator, and then the mom arrives, and she's like, "Ichitaru, get away from that terrible monster." And <laughs> that's reasonable. And Grotcher's like, "Oh wait, uh, no!" And he grabs Ichitaru, and he's like, "Give me these four foods, or like I'll kill your kid." And, like, she does not seem terribly upset that he is a, like, like gross monster from space. He, She's just, like, annoyed that he is bothering her child. So she's like, oh, okay, I'll go do this. Yeah. So, so she does. So she runs, and, like, we get a quick montage of her, like, going and getting all of those shoes. Shoes? All of those foods. <laughs> all those shoes, man. All those shoes. We get a quick shot of her going and getting all those foods, and she, like, comes back, and then they sit down at a picnic table, and Grotch gruffles. He just, like... He opens up, like, the weird, like, portal, like, faceplate on his weird suit and just gruffles down on all four of those foods at the same time. Yeah. Now, here's what is strange about these foods. And this is not something that I would have anticipated. Uh, when when he yeah. eats them all, he grows. Like, you know, grows to the size of a giant monster. The, like, as though he had been hit with an enlarging bomb, or, you know, Rita had made her monster grow, or any of the right. number, th- number of the other ways that monsters have grown throughout the years. In this show, or at least in this episode... The way you become a giant monster is by eating four snack foods and a dessert at the same time. Yep. And uh, so the mom kind of flips out and... Uh, Grotch also faints. kind of flips out. Yeah, Grotch has no idea what's happening, by the way. He just gets giant. And uh, so the mom faints and then we Grotch just sort of like lumbers off. And then we go to Pegasus Motors and mm-hmm. Ichichara runs in and he's like, Dad... Giant monster, mom fainted. And again, the president's like, oh, geez, let's go. Yeah, he says, huh? and they just like, leave. that's no good. Let's go. Check it out. Boop, 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 boop. I love this uh, man. I love this man, Dave. Yeah, the president is fantastic. Uh, so Dapu is like, Rangers, like, we, we got to go. And then we get a really long henshin sequence. Like, we see everybody say Excel Charger, and then we see everybody's car kind of, like, zip around in the inky magical blackness, and then everybody transforms, and then everybody poses, and then they all together say Car Ranger. So, this lets you know that there's not going to be a whole lot going on in this episode, because we only get these really long henshin sequences when they need to, like, 
pad it out by a little bit. Okay, so that is true. Not a lot happens in this episode. But weirdly, I have like time and a half the notes that I normally have for this episode. Really? Yeah, maybe I... Okay, full disclosure. I was watching this episode last night around midnight. And I was kind of like falling asleep and having to stop and restart it. And so mm. it's possible that when I get later in the notes, some of these are not going to make sense. <laughs> um, so anyways, then we get they sort of like drive their their racers into the city. Uh, we get a fairly long driving sequence as well. And then we see Grotch and he is wandering around. And it's fantastic because he is very clearly not prepared to be a giant monster. Yeah, he's like, like he was not expecting this. He's stepping on cars the same way that you would like step on Legos. Yeah, and he's not very happy about it. But you know, he is a giant monster rolling through downtown Tokyo, so he is like kind of accidentally wrecking shit. So the Ichitaro and the president check on um, the mom. And the car rangers go to uh, confront Grotch. You know, they, they show up. They remind everyone that they're there to fight for traffic safety. Um, and they're about to attack them. And Grotch says, like, do you want to do that? Like, I'm pretty strong and I'm giant right now. I feel like you're kind of wasting your time. <laughs> right. And, uh, and it turns out that he's right. Like... They, they basically can't do anything. Uh, they try to use their guns. They don't work. They, they shift up into the auto punishers. Those don't work. They're like, we need to summon Giga Force. So they summon Giga Force. They grab their individual Giga weapons. Giga Formula, sorry. And uh, my notes are just GF because I was typing quickly and I, I substituted in force there. We, I feel like Giga Force would have worked too. Giga Force would have worked. Although if you just put it in your notes as GF... It could be very funny. Like, we need to summon a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they grab their individual weapons from Giga Formula. And there is some great, there's some really fun, like, force perspective work here. Where they're, like, jumping up on Grotch and trying to hit him. And then we're getting the Grotch actor. And he's, like, pulling toys off of himself. Yeah. And then uh, there is one spot where Red Racer gets picked up and they built a really awesome giant hand puppet. Dude, I always love it when they build a giant awesome hand puppet. I feel like they do it like once every other season and it's always great. It, it might just always be the same hand that they paint different colors, but I love it. Yeah, um, I have always... Like, when I was LARPing more intensely and, like, running LARPs, I always wanted to build a giant hand puppet. Uh, I never got around to doing it. But it's still, uh, it's kind of on my bucket list. So, anyways. No, um, no, it's not too late. Yeah. And so, and so Dapo is, like, also at loose ends. Um, they're, like, they're, like, we're not sure what to do. He's, like, I don't know, man. Try Formula Nova, which is their, like, combined cannon blast. Um, that doesn't work either. Like, nothing they have works. He's just so big. Yeah, he's just, yeah, he's too large. And so, they're like, I don't know what we're gonna, what are we gonna do? And so, um, now thankfully, 
they are they are saved because whatever this effect is, it's temporary. Because Grotch starts sort of flipping out again, and then he just uh shrinks. Yeah, like whatever this sort of growing effect was, it was definitely sort of like you know, like it was accidental. It was a prototype. Um, so now that like it's wearing off, he he didn't know when it was going to start. He doesn't know when it's going to stop. I'm you know I'm sure he he's going to try to recreate it, but it's not going to be super easy. Yeah. So he he goes back. Um, he goes back to Barbarian, and he's like, boss. President Gyn- Oh, so first of all, by the way, uh, the entertainment at the at the BB Saloon this evening is just everyone is watching Zenette jump rope. Like she's up on a platform jumping rope, and everyone's just watching her do that. Yep. 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 That's just. So, anyways. Yep. Yep. So, uh. <laughs> Inventor Grotch is like, boss, I figured it out. Like, I know how we're going to beat the Car Rangers. We just have to go get... If, when we eat these foods, like, we'll get giant and then we'll we'll crush them. Like, I couldn't do it because, like, I wasn't prepared. And I'm really, like, an inventor, not a fighter. But, like, we've got to find... Like, we gotta, we'll get one of our guys. We'll send them down. They'll get giant. It'll be amazing. So... The monster that they get is M.M. Mogu, and he is a, um, he's just an, uh, a hungry boy, I guess. He's just green, and he's got weird bug eyes. He's got giant red eyes. And giant red eyes, and he's got, like, like a, a yellow couple extra t-shirt sets of on. teeth. It, it, yeah. He looks sort of like, I don't know. He looks like if Mondo Gecko from the Ninja Turtles went to an amusement park and got a bad caricature draw, drawn of himself. Yeah, it's... Also, man, Mondo Gecko was very good. Yeah, uh, so yeah, so that's... Like, I'm just not sure what to do with M.M. Mogu. Yeah, I mean, he sucks, like, right? Like, maybe he yeah, won't he suck sucks. forever, he sucks but, dumb. but in this moment... That dude is very bad. But he is the guy who's sort of like handy and willing to eat four foods at the same time. So he goes back down to earth with Grotch. Um, yep. So M.M. Mogu kidnaps Ichitaru. Like they find Ichitaru again. And he hits Inventor Grotch with a stick again, and then M.M. Mogu sort of, like, jumps out from behind. Like, I don't know why they felt the need for a stratagem to kidnap, like, a nine-year-old boy. They did. Uh, and I think the reason they needed a stratagem is because they're maybe very dumb. It's possible that they're very dumb. Because the reason they need to kidnap Ichitaru is because... Grotch, despite the fact that he wrote it down in his calculator, does not remember the four foods and does not know how to acquire them. So he's like, you call your mom and tell her to get the food for us or I'll eat you. And Ichichar is like, well, okay. So he calls 
Uh, Mom is passed out on the couch at home after her ordeal. Mm -hmm. President picks up the phone, and then we just get an amazing one-sided conversation where the president is, like, hearing aliens demand these four specific foods, and he just says, like, "Uh uh-huh, yes, yes, very good, okay, I will get those for you right now, and he just leaves and goes and does it. Maybe, okay, maybe Grotch is not as stupid as we are thinking. Maybe he has it in his head that it's not just those four types of food, but it was those four specific pieces of food, and he doesn't know what restaurant um, Ichitaru's mom went to to pick them up. So like he didn't save the receipts or whatever. And so he's like, well, if I kidnap the same kid and threaten the same parents, then they're probably going to go to the same restaurants and then I'll get like the exact same preparations of those foods. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, yeah. That... Uh, anyway, who knows? So, yeah. Dapu is sort of listening in on this and he knows that the the Rangers are going to need to grow to win because like they can't beat these dudes when they're giant, right? Yeah. So and, and the Rangers are like, well, you've got car magic. That seems to be able to do literally anything. Why can't it just also make us giant? Yeah. Uh and the so... answer is very vague. It's like, ah, car magic can't do that. Yeah, car magic car magic can do that. And uh it is crud. Who is it? It is uh Yuji. Yuji's like Oh, no, wait. Nope, that's the old Blue Ranger. Oh, we're talking about uh, Naoki? Is that it? Yeah, sorry. So Naoki's like, hey, uh, in order to like defeat giants, we need to be giant. And um, Yuko is like, oh, no, that would be too embarrassing. And I was like, why would it be embarrassing to have a giant robot? And I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. They're not talking about giant robots. Like, giant robots aren't on the table yet. She just means she personally does not want to be a giant, which makes a little more sense. Right. And Yellow says, hold up, hold up, hold up. What if we don't need to be giant? We just need a giant thing. What if we just built a giant robot? Right. And and Kiyosuke goes over and looks at like the models of the cars that they have made. And he's like, yeah, we could build stuff. We're the best people in the world at building stuff. We made these cars. Yeah. Like, what if we made it out of cars? Love it. Sure. Uh, And then Dapu was like, wait a minute. You know, Car Magic couldn't make... He doesn't say all this. He's like, Car Magic couldn't make you giant, but like, that's crazy. That might just be crazy enough to work. Right. So as they're talking about this, the five model cars start to glow. Right. And then we we see sort of like up in the sky, the five star constellations also glowing. Right. And then the five car constellations like sort of glow and then turn into little energy dots and like blend together. And Dapu's like, the five car constellations have combined to perform like a symbol of love or so like at this point all sense escapes the root like none of this makes sense oh my gosh i rewinded I felt this like, like i was like having four a... times trying to like write down what they were saying now to be fair again it was like quarter after midnight uh and i was no, Matt, not that's... entirely with it but 
boy. Matt, that has nothing to do with you. I felt like I was having a stroke can I, watching this. Can I just read you my notes? Yeah, please do. Uh, models glow. Stars shine. Constellations have combined. The five constellations can transform into something great. A fighting god. These cars are the yep. same shapes as the constellations, so they can combine their spirits? It's in the second yeah. chapter of The Legend of the Planet Hazard Car Constellations. Yeah, okay. So first of all, I just want to say, Dapu sees their model cars, and he's like, your cars look just like the five car constellations. How did you not notice that, Dapu? Like, these... These model cars have been front and center since day one. I, I thought like, he they definitely it in the want to make episode. sure. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he forgot. He got so busy working on Giga Formula that like I just lost track of a lot of things. He hasn't showered in three days, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, he then says, "If you dream with a pure mind, your dream cars will become enlarged." Yeah. If you combine them, it will become a giant robot. Let's imagine. This scene, I just, sure. This scene reminds me, Matt, a lot of uh, Puma Man. Yeah, it's got when a Vodinho little bit of a Puma is, Man. Yeah, is trying to explain to Tony. Sorry, if you've never seen Puma Man from Mystery Science Theater 3000, first of all, go watch it. It's the best one. Yeah. And, uh... Also, you know the guy who played Puma Man uh, just went on to be a lawyer? Like, he did that one movie and then sort of, like, gave up and then went on and he went to law school. Huh. And is a very successful lawyer now. And if he may be, like, he's probably retired. Uh, but anyways, then we get a a serious moment. Capital, capital S, capital M. Uh, so, like, they all, they go over and they put their, their hands on their cars and they all... So, man, I don't. I know you don't go to, to LARP really, uh, but like periodically in LARP, it'll just be like, all right, well, you have to, in order to like make the magic work, you've got to concentrate on it for sixty seconds, just because like there just has to be a system. Because like yeah, because like there has to be a system for it, and so there's like a face that people make where they're like quote-unquote, concentrating on the magic. Because you can't just, like... You know, like, you're trying to be in it, and so you're trying to be like, oh, the magic, right? But really what's happening is that, like, you're just standing there, like, staring very hard at a piece of styrofoam that someone has painted, uh, and there's a face that everybody makes. And if you aren't sure what it is, it's it's the face that the rangers all make here. Gotcha. Like, someone just told them to concentrate on the magic for 60 seconds, and they all just, like, stare real hard at the camera. Okay, so they all do this for a while. They pass yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, they do. They do sort of inadvertently henshin a little as bit. Part of you this. see, sort of like the shadow of their ranger helmets, like over their like concentrating faces. Yeah, which I dig. And also, I found out did not know this before that the little car headlights on their helmets actually light up, which is a great touch. It's extremely good. Yeah. So their glowing souls combine, and uh. They they wake up, or their glowing souls combined, and then they've passed out. And then the rangers are like, oh man, it worked. Our cars can be shot in forced perspective now. Because all they've done <laughs> is taken the toy cars and moved them very close to the camera. 
Um, okay, so this this episode so now they is have almost giant over because we're not going to see the giant robot until next episode. Um, yeah. What we do see is that the the president of Pegasus Motors brings the monsters the food that they had requested, right? Yeah, and uh, good old what was his name? Mm. Mo- M.M. Mogu. So M.M. Mogu yep. is like, right, now it is time for me to get giant and terrorize Tokyo. And so he eats all four pieces of those foods. And I don't know if he ate them in the wrong order or if they had gotten a little too cold or whatever. But instead of growing, he shrinks down to the size of like a six fig- uh, six inch action figure. Which I, yes. So he shrinks down to six inches, I guess. I didn't need to throw action figure in there, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And then they're like, oh. Oh no, this is awful. And so like he and Grotch run away as um, the, the president and his son just like start throwing rocks and sticks at them. Uh, yeah, I loved that. That like now that they're normal sized, they do not like they don't run away from the aliens. They're like, yeah, get bent aliens. Yeah, like stop messing with my family. You're interrupting my work day. And then that's it. That's it. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. So this is, I, I watched through the end of the credits and, there, you know, there's always a like next week on Car Ranger. Um, so this is the first half of a two-parter. Oh, okay. So in the next episode, I think what's going to happen is that Grotch is going to figure out the formula and then they're going to have to combine the robots or combine the, the cars to make a robot. Yeah, no, that I imagine that that is what will happen. Uh, and I'm very much looking forward to that because I saw a picture of the robot and it looks like a good robot, Dave. Does it? Oh, see, okay, I have, I actively, I have avoided that. I'm just, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the reveal. Okay, now normally, of course, we would say that uh, this is the end of the Car Ranger episode, but not the end of our episode. We would place MM Mogo on the list, but MM Mogo is still alive, and he is going to be yeah. in the next episode. So there is not a. Uh, we do not have the sort of all the information that we would need to place him on our list. So that being said, uh, that is the end of our episode. Yeah, that's it. So thank you for coming with us on this journey. Uh, it has been another episode of License to Car Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. Uh, if you want to see a picture of my new coffee table, that's where you can check it out. Uh, if you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you find the show. Uh, as I understand it, that helps other people find the show, and that is great. The Super Sunday Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth.